0: This is episode 216, and it's another episode of the body image series. We're exploring the question, will accepting your body make you less healthy? We're going to look at what the research says about body image and health, how accepting your body can actually facilitate more health promoting behaviors. And some of the factors that really contribute to our overall health. You can find all the links mentioned in this episode at n dot com forward slash two one six. Before we begin, I have two announcements. I want to give a shout out to. Cass G H uh, <laughs> who left this great review first time listener listening to episode 108 and just keeps just keeps screaming yes thank you with the points and also getting amazing insight cannot wait to listen to many more keep it up thank you so much so excited that you found the podcast Love it when you get excited about a first episode and want to listen to more. That's the best thing ever. You can leave a review for the show to help others have that amazing life changing experience by going to iTunes search for eat the rules, then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review. I slowly make my way through reading them all on the air, but I do personally read them all because they land in my inbox once a week. And don't forget, you can get the free 10 day body confidence makeover at summerin forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. This episode we're exploring the question, will accepting your body make you less healthy? Whenever I talk about health, I think it's important to note that your health is really your prerogative and a lot of it's not even within your control. So I I absolutely support and encourage people to engage in health-promoting behaviors if that's what they want to do. But being healthy doesn't make you morally superior, and it's not an obligation to do that. So it's really your choice, and it's unfortunate that we live in a culture where health, engaging in health promoting behaviors has been put on such a pedestal. But I would love you to engage in those things if that's something that you want to do. And so if that doesn't apply to you, then again, you can always skip this episode. And a lot of our health is really not within our control as well. So I'm going to be talking about how our culture has made us believe that being thinner is the only way to be healthy, how the anti diet message often gets interpreted as being anti health why the message of being thinner equals healthier actually makes us more stressed and results in a poorer body image, what the research says about body image and health, why health is multifaceted, how health is improved by behaviors, not outcomes, and how having a positive body image leads to a higher likelihood of engaging in health promoting behaviors. So let's first talk about the statement that I hear often, which is, but I want to be healthy. You know, anytime I talk about body acceptance or not dieting anymore, people say, but I want to be healthy. It's a really common pushback or phrase that people use and think, which is no surprise, when they start the process of intuitive eating and body acceptance, because it goes hand in hand with this idea that if you accept your body, you're giving up, which is not true, which I blew up in episode 187. So check that out. If you You want to hear more if you want to hear me rant about that one. But as a society, we've been brainwashed to think that if we're not losing weight or dieting, we're unhealthy. We've been so brainwashed into thinking this that we believe there's no possible way we'd ever do things for our health if we're not doing it to lose weight. Like, I even remember thinking that. I was like, why would I eat broccoli or step foot in a gym if I'm not trying to lose weight? But that's brainwashing. I mean, it's. And it's so manipulative and it does, it, it really does two negative things. One, it upholds fat phobia or anti-fat bias, this belief that thinner is better. And it causes us to lose touch with what feels good for us. Cause we just believe we can't trust ourselves. We think like, well, I wouldn't, I would never do those things unless I was told I should do those things in order to lose weight because that's what my purpose in life is. (laughs) <laughs> and obviously, I'm saying these things from the perspective of like, being brainwashed by diet culture, none of those things are actually true. But it's really typical to believe that. And we've lost touch with what feels good for us in the pursuit of of thinness. And we think like, well, I would never do that if I wasn't trying to be thinner. And we've blended weight and health together. And that's one of the many reasons why Diet culture is such a disservice to our health. Not to mention the whole mental health side of it, which I'm going to get to. But we've been told that weight is really a measure of our worthiness. It's a measure of our superiority. It's a measure of our belong, our ability to belong and our well being and all all this other bullshit. And so, therefore, you know, we believe if we're not "quote unquote" watching our weight, then we're inherently an unhealthy, bad person. And that's ridiculous. (laughs) You can absolutely engage in health promoting behaviors without it being focused around weight loss. And as you're going to hear me say, body acceptance facilitates that. And so sometimes I've had people ask me, you know, Summer, is it okay for me to exercise if I'm working on accepting my body? Or is that like, against the sort of like anti diet ways? And here's the thing, like, Nothing is ever binary. (laughs) Like don't, because you've been dieting, anti-dieting doesn't mean doing the exact opposite. It means finding out what's best for your body and what your body needs. It means instead of being up in your head about it or trying to follow somebody else's script, you actually start to tune in and listen to what your body wants and needs and start to honor this. And I get why people think this, like that the anti-diet message gets interpreted as anti-health and that really couldn't be farther from the truth. Body acceptance and anti-dieting is not anti-health, it's pro- doing what's best for your body. It's pro treating all bodies with respect. It's pro compassionate and respectful self care, not doing from things from a place of self deprecation, rather doing things from this place of like, it's pro being a caregiver to yourself and actually thinking I want to do these things because they make me feel good mentally or physically or both. And that's essentially the the outcome, you know, when you accept your body, you can facilitate health improvements, because it teaches you how to care for your whole self from a place of kindness, respect and compassion versus self deprecation. And so it might look different than what you were doing when you were a dieter. But the outcome of this is that you'll be able to add things to your life to help you feel better overall, both mentally and physically, which goes far beyond food. And it facilitates this from a weight neutral perspective, meaning the focus is on how you feel, not how you look. And so, yeah you can exercise or move your body if you're living an anti-diet lifestyle which is kind of a weird thing to say i mean i think it's just like living your life it's not even living an anti-diet lifestyle it's like literally just living your life we just have to kind of label it that way because the norm in our culture is living a diet lifestyle Blah. so let's talk about why the message of of thinness equaling health actually makes us more stressed and results in a poorer body image Stressing about your body all the time is not healthy. Restricting food and yo-yo dieting is not healthy. These things have been proven and we know that chronic stress has a huge influence on our overall health. And when we feel bad about our body, it creates stress. It's like this constant undercurrent of stress. And for many of my clients, that impacts their ability to be present, to be more social, to stand up for themselves, to set better boundaries, and to engage in self-care that's nourishing. And so those things are obviously not going to be beneficial for our health. Now, that's not to say like, this is your fault and like, oh my God, what are you doing to your health by feeling bad about your body? Because that's not your fault. Feeling bad about your body is not your fault. Rather, it's to really open your mind to this idea of like, oh, wait a minute, (laughs) maybe being in this place where, you know, I feel really bad about my body or these negative thoughts are occupying a lot of my time. And even though I think dieting is the answer, like, actually, none of that is actually going to make me feel better. I said actually twice there, sorry. But when I was at my perceived healthiest, personally, I was doing so many destructive behaviors. You know, I had no balance. It was all or nothing. And I was constantly stressed about food or my body. You know, people would look at me and say, oh my gosh, like, look at all the things that you're doing. You're so healthy. I wish I had your self-control. I wish I had your willpower. And what they didn't see was... The other four days of the week when I was eating banana cake out of a pan and literally just hitting myself so much and mirror checking every two minutes and everything else that went along with it. And it was so stressful to me that it actually had a pretty detrimental effect on my overall health. I talk about that in episode 174, where I tell my story, but we have enough stress in our lives. We don't need body hatred to break us down further. Um, When I was interviewing one of the past participants of You on Fire, Maria, in the episodes that aired just a few weeks ago, I think it was episode 212, I want to say, Maria was in there talking about how you know, motherhood is hard enough, we don't need that additional stress of, of hating our body. And I think that regardless of whether you're a parent or not, life is hard enough, you don't need that additional stress of hating our body. And again, that's not to say that the negative thoughts you have about your body are, are your fault, they're not. And there are ways that we can take steps to shift them to be more compassionate and accepting of ourselves. One interesting study I found looked at the association of positive body image and health and they found that quote individuals with greater positive body image reported less depression, higher self-esteem, fewer unhealthy dieting behaviors lower drive for muscularity and greater intentions to protect their skin from uv exposure and damage. Gender did not moderate these associations. Thus connections between positive body image and health-related indicators were similar for men and women. They only look at the two genders here. They don't look at the the entire spectrum. And results suggest that positive body image has significant implications for health and well-being beyond objective body size. Uh, Healthcare providers should encourage positive body image because of its potential health benefits. Anyways, the point being there that they have done some research on this, not a lot, and I wouldn't say it's the most (laughs) robust, robust studies that I've ever seen, but it just makes sense, right? Right. The funny thing that I kind of pulled out from this was like the, this idea of like that you're more inclined to protect your skin from UV exposure and damage. But then I remembered that when I was a chronic dieter, I was like obsessed with being tanned. And I used to spend so much time at the tanning salon. You know, I, it was awful because I had this idea that like, if I, if I was tanned, I looked a little bit thinner. And so even through the winters, like I would just go and spend so much time trying to be tanned. And I'm like, I'm a pale person, I am not meant to be tanned. That is not that is not the way my skin supposed to be. I have so much sun damage. Now. I had to have a bunch of moles removed, like it really damaged me. And so that's, I think what's happening there. Because now I don't do that to myself. I don't go out and try to get tanned. Like, yeah, I like sun exposure. I mean, sure. Do I like having a little bit of a bronzed glow? Yeah, of course I do. But (laughs) I don't do that now because it was so damaging to me. And so from a health perspective, obviously, you know, feeling better in your body is going to help you feel better overall and be health promoting. And in addition to that. If we are hating our body, there's going to be a greater risk of developing an eating disorder, which is obviously a huge mental health issue. And the National Eating Disorders Association found that 35% of dieters become obsessive and 20 to 25% of those diets turn into eating disorders, which is a pretty high percentage. That's like one in four people who diet are going to end up with an eating disorder. And then the bigger piece of this, you know, the elephant in the room is the impact of weight stigma on health. This is a quote. Considerable evidence has documented links between weight stigma and poor health independent of weight. Um, that has been studied extensively. And that's not an individual issue, that's a cultural issue. And so you can check out episode 195 with Danny Adams, where we talk about medical fat phobia and more if you want more information around that. But the bottom line is that we don't put enough weight in how the impact of our negative thoughts and stress about our body impact our health. And culturally, we don't do that either. We think that the only way out of shame is weight loss, whereas that's not true at all. (laughs) Losing weight doesn't take away the shame. So with all that being said, I don't want you to create another stress. I don't want you to stress about stressing about your body. That's the last thing I want you to do. Never beat yourself up for beating yourself up. It's not your fault. Be really gentle with yourself. And know that there are ways that you can feel better and relieve that stress. Listening to this podcast is definitely going to help. And I know for some people, it's impossible for them to even think of feeling better in your body. So just start with working towards being a little more neutral. And that means learning to be more compassionate, really challenging the beliefs that you have, that you've inherited about weight and health, which is a constant unlearning and learning process all of this stuff takes time and, and, and intention. It's not a destination. It's a practice. Losing weight will not help you stop hating your body. It will not relieve that stress. It may temporarily help, but that's usually quickly replaced by a fear of like, oh my God, I cannot go back to where I was. And the stress is still there. And I hear from clients who have parents that are, you know, in their 80s or 70s who still feel this way. The cycle doesn't end unless we step out of it. And I think that that can be a good wake-up call. Like if you have a parent or a grandparent that's aging, that is still like refusing to eat cake on their birthday, like that's the life sentence of dieting essentially. And what if you ended up gaining so much more in terms of peace and freedom uh, that it really doesn't matter in terms of your body size? That's honestly what I want from you. And I know that it can happen. So let's talk about health, just in general, because when I work with clients, there seems to be a real confusion on what it means to be healthy. And I thought that I would unpack it a little bit here. Health is multifaceted. In the nutrition and fitness world, health is usually viewed in a vacuum. I'm a trained holistic nutritionist, studied it for years. I worked in this world for a few years. And there is so much of a hyper focus on body size and food and exercise and supplements. And yeah, can food and moving your body and supplements be helpful? Yes. But they're not like the answer. (laughs) They're not the one thing that's going to make you, you know, feel so much better about yourself and your body. Physical health is often, what do I want to say here? As long as in in the kind of like health and nutrition world, as long as your body fat is low, (laughs) it doesn't matter about what's happening to your mental health. Like it it doesn't matter if you're skipping social events or losing sleep, Googling, you know, gluten free recipes or, you know, like not having sex with your partner because you're too sore from working out. Like none of that stuff matters. And that's awful (laughs) because that is not a healthy way to live. The truth is health is a function of our genetics, our environment, our individual circumstances, our physical, emotional, and spiritual well being. Instead of looking at one tiny piece of the pie, we have to look at the entire pie. And the social determinants of health have a bigger influence on our overall well being. And yet, health influencers would rather have you focus on adding collagen to your coffee then speak to racism or poverty poverty or other larger societal problems that truly affect one's health i have an upcoming episode with alexis connison where she talks about this in depth which is an incredible episode that's coming out in a couple of weeks so stay tuned for that. But the bottom line is that what we eat and how we move is only a small fraction of the puzzle. And I see so many people sacrificing their emotional and spiritual well-being in the pursuit of the physical, which ironically hurts our physical well-being too. Waking up every morning hating your body, obsessing over food, not having a life outside of nutrition podcasts and meal prep, and being exhausted from all of your workouts is not healthy. <laughs> Psychological stress has the same effect on our body as physical stress. And, you know, ultimately, only you can decide if the things that you're doing are actually promoting health or taking you away from overall health. When I work with people I like to prioritize healing their mental state of mind first in order to get in a better headspace to start making choices to improve their physical health down the road. You know, we deal with the the mental stuff, healing your relationship with food and your body first so that you can then later go out and decide if you want to Eat a salad because that's what you want versus eating that because you're gonna feel guilty if you don't. So I encourage you just really start looking at health through a broader lens and always ask yourself how it's working for you. I also wanted to talk about how health is improved by behaviors, not outcomes. Weight loss is a really poor predictor of health. That's been proven over and over. Yes, some people may lose weight while improving their health, but that's that's not always the case. That's not the norm. Because the reality is, is that you could lose weight the Jillian Michaels way eating like a toddler, but that's not healthy. Or you could remain at the same weight and perhaps be fat or thin or somewhere in between and move your body in a way that's pleasurable for you and not stressful and add foods into your diet that make you feel good and be a generally more content human and end up actually being a lot healthier than the other person who's following the Jillian Jillian Michaels regimen. You have a better chance of being healthy by focusing on your behaviors rather than a particular body size. I'm going to link to an article in the show notes that Reagan Chastain wrote a few years ago, I think, called How to Leave Toxic Diet Culture Behind and Pursue Actual Health. And it's a fantastic article. She looks at. What the research says on health, and she writes in every study that took actual habits into consideration, habits were a much better predictor of future health than body size. She also says there has never been a study that looked at formerly fat people who had become thin through dieting and compared their health outcomes to those who were always thin. So bottom lining this, you can absolutely pursue health without it being about your body size. And we cannot judge a person's health by their appearance, because we have no idea what they're actually doing with their life. And frankly, it's none of our business. And even if they're healthy or not, it shouldn't matter. We shouldn't be judging people based on those things, because who cares? <laughs> it doesn't like stay in your own lane. And so I want to wrap up just by Speaking to how having a positive body image will lead to a higher likelihood of engaging in health-promoting behaviors, there are some studies that show a correlation between improvements in body image, engaging in health-promoting behaviors. Like I said, they're not really robust. So I wouldn't take them as the holy grail. They also seem to really focus on people who are younger with higher education. So I think that that would probably skew the results. And so, yeah, I, you know, take that, take them sort of with a grain of salt. But on the flip side, there are lots of legit studies that show how a negative body image results in avoiding exercise, yo-yo dieting, weight cycling, and things that we do know will have a negative impact on our health. And so what's important here is really what you think. Um, you know, As a coach, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you how to think. It's really about asking yourself, asking yourself and figuring some of these things out and finding out what works best for you. How would you treat your body if you felt neutral in it? What would respecting your body look like to you? What would treating your body with compassion look like? What would honoring your body's needs look like? Those are the questions that we really want to start with to start to create our own path forward with how we want to be treating our body. And when I teach self-care and movement, which we do in a couple modules in my You on Fire program, we look at it from this broader perspective. We look at all the different facets of caring for yourself. We look at the mental and the physical, overcoming that all or nothing thinking, taking away that kind of like perfectionist mentality. Not listening to your shoulds and instead listening to what your body needs, and that's really how we should be navigating these things and so again, I want to wrap up here by just saying you know health is not a measure of of your worth. Health has become this like almighty status in our culture. it's kind of just a ruse for thinness, <laughs> and you know using health as a way to kind of establish your superiority is. Is really ableist, classes, lots of other things, lots of other isist things. And so, yeah, your health does not define your value in this world, but we can, you know, take steps if that's something we want to do, take an additive approach rather than a reductive approach. And remember, at the end of the day, like we're all going to die. So, thinking you can control your destiny in life only really takes you away from enjoying the present. So I think we could all just relax a little more and lean into the fact that we're all trying to do the best we can. And, you know, no one's discovered perfection as a magic pill for eternal life yet. (laughs) All right, the TLDR version of this episode, accepting your body won't make you less healthy. In fact, there's a greater likelihood that you may engage in health promoting behaviors. That's something that you want to do. All right. I've got some amazing episodes coming out over the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited about them. Yeah. Some teasers. We got the one with Alexis Connison looking at all the research on weight loss and what it really says. And it blew my mind, even though I knew on the surface level, some of the stuff, the deep, the nitty gritty details are shocking. And then we have an episode all about diabetes. Again, shocking <laughs> what the research actually says and what the studies say. So super pumped about those and stay tuned for that. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at com forward slash 216. Thank you so much for listening today. Rock on.